What's up, guys? Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. Um, I thought it was really ironic because we were just getting ready to start this podcast, and I was telling the girls in here how every single time I go to start this podcast, I get this like pit of nerves in my stomach, and I kind of want to throw up and <laughs> freak out all at the same time. And I just thought it was ironic because as I'm watching the credits roll for this, I'm thinking like, wow, this podcast is supposed to be about confidence and how to build your confidence and stand in your own power and you know feel like untouchable and it just reminded me that no matter what happens like you can be a strong confident person and still feel nerves going into something that you feel that you are confident about so I thought that would be just a good thing to bring up as we go in and talk about this because I'm bringing on a friend today that has a lot of the same experience as me in some of our work fields and it requires us to show up in a very confident way for a lot of a lot of things. And it just reminded me that no matter what happens, no matter who you're talking to, we're all human and we all go through these things. But just want to drop that little tidbit because I thought it was really imperative that you know that we go through <laughs> our nervous <laughs> times too. But I'm bringing on a good friend of mine, Vanessa Saros. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. Excited to have you here. Uh, Vanessa and I, I'll let her introduce herself. We both work in the nightlife and day club industry here in Las Vegas. And it requires a lot of us and our energy. And I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about how we have gotten into the place that we've gotten into and how we manage our energy expenditure and our boundaries and just everything that kind of goes into holding space for being in such a chaotic work environment. So why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself and maybe tell everyone how you wound up into this yeah. industry. So I'll start by uh, continuing what you just said. I'm yeah, sweating. sweating. <laughs> sweating because I'm on a podcast despite all the crazy things that I do and you see me do on social media. Um, anyway, I've, I've been in the fitness industry for quite a long time. I did competitions for a few years back in college. I was completely obsessed with it. Um, but I've been doing bottle service since 2016. I started at the Hard Rock at Rehab and I've been at Wet Republic since 2017. That's awesome. And excuse me if you, my voice is shot this week but i'm here it's a nice sexy rasp it's fine <laughs> yeah, I can't. um when you got into <clears throat> fitness do you feel like that was something that was calling you as far as just the actual um the physique that you wanted to change for your body and the actual like um what am i what's the word i'm looking for like the goal of actually achieving like a perfect physique or was it the stage that was calling you or was it kind of everything all together so i started when i was a little kid i I was crazy when, in my very <laughs> early years. And then when I hit elementary school, I became really shy, really shy. Middle school and high school was painfully shy. And I just kind of kept to myself. I was always in the background. I was just very academic, focused on school. And I, I was not social. I did not want to stand out. I just wanted to keep to myself. Um, but I was always jealous of the girls that did have that kind of confidence and did, you know, kind of blossom early. And... Um, after I quit gymnastics, which I did gymnastics in middle school and a little bit in high school, and I loved the physical challenge and the feeling of strength and confidence that I got from it. Once I quit that, I was looking around like, okay, what am I going to do next physically? Because I have to have that outlet. And I would see these fitness magazines and, you know, your body starts changing when you're a teenager. And I was like, I want to look like those beautiful, confident girls. I want to look like that and feel like that. And, um, and kind of change my life around and be that that girl that I always wanted to be. And so I started bodybuilding or weight training at like 16. I started going with my mom 
she would just go on the treadmill, but I was going around trying everything and I would go into the weight room and despite the men in there and despite how shy I was in social situations, I really didn't care what they thought about me in there because I already had the confidence from gymnastics and PE. Right. There was like something that helped you get yeah. in there and not have the same ideologies about like being shy in school. Socially, I was very shy, but physically I've had a lot of confidence already. Yeah. So I went in there and I just tried everything and I, I was like studying on bodybuilding.com and like reading fitness magazines and I wanted so badly to achieve that physique and that confidence and just over the years I got better and better and started to see results and then I became completely obsessed. So once I hit college, I was like, in the gym twice a day for like hours and eating as much as I possibly could and taking all these supplements and and that's so crazy too because I think girls who see you and how petite and little you are when you hear like you're eating all this food and you're doing all you can to build your body it just goes to show you that you know there's a lot more to it than just eating and training and eating a bunch of food for your, will not just get you some big jacked bodybuilder <laughs> I mean I did everything I possibly could to achieve it and I was when I was in UCSD, I was riding my bike on the hills every single day to go to school instead of taking the shuttle. Like I did every step I possibly could to make my physique better. Yeah. And that's what it takes, though. I think what that actual dedication, it doesn't just really come easy as as you think. There's so much that goes behind the scenes. I think it's really interesting, too. I feel like a lot of girls who are in our positions, I've heard were really shy or had you know, some kind of social anxiety when they were younger, because I always remember being a little, I didn't really want to stand out, even though I was involved in like cheer and dance. Mm -hmm. I socially was really shy when it came to groups of friends, yeah. um, social settings and things like that. I was scared to be around the popular kids. Mm -hmm. I was like very soft spoken, um, but it was just in like cheerleading and dance that I was you kind of crazy extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same thing. Like in college, once that kind of ended, I was searching for an outlet to figure out where I could take this like physicality somewhere else. And I partied a lot when I was like 20, 21, 22. And mm -hmm. then was like, oh my gosh, I have to do something. And then that's how fitness became a thing. And I, the same thing happened. I did a little bit. And then I was like, I want to look like these girls. I want to be that confident yeah. in a different aspect. Exactly. And so I just got obsessed with it, but it was, I think a healthy obsession where yes. it's like, what can I do to achieve this? And I want to do everything I possibly can, not to the point of being so obsessed that it's like, it's too much. You yeah. know what I mean? But then fitness kind of like leads you to other outlets too, like modeling. And you said that you pretty much just started putting stuff on social media. So when I started, I started competing like in my early college days, I actually only did, I think three shows. That's it. Because as I did well and I enjoyed it, but at the same time I saw all the politics and all the kind of ugly side of it very mm -hmm. quickly and it turned me off. Um, so like, you know what, this, this side of it is not for me, but I still really want to continue with my own goals. And it's just the personal satisfaction. That's, that's enough for me. Right. Um, but yeah, when Instagram, I think it was what, 2013 or 14 when it was like really popular, mm -hmm. I didn't want to start one, but people kept convinced, like, pushing me to do it. Cause I was doing fitness stuff and they're like, no, you do so great. You're so great. And that was when we didn't know what to post. You're posting yeah. like quotes and all this silly Pictures stuff. Pictures of your and, cereal. <laughs> right. And, um, I just got started and it actually grew really quickly and I started to have fun with it. And as I was, you know, reaching my goals in fitness and getting kind of that attention on Instagram, it made me feel more confident and more like, okay, maybe I can do something with this. And so 
started doing photo shoots and, you know, partnering up with little small supplement companies and stuff like that. And it was, it was a cool experience. And then when I graduated from, from college in San Diego, it was so expensive to live there. And I ended up here. I just didn't want to go back to my hometown. I was like, pick a spot yeah Las Vegas and I had no clue about clubs and day clubs like that was never my life I was never a partier um I didn't know anything about it but I started hearing how much fun and how much money you could make and all that and I started to be like maybe I could try that like that might be fun for me and it might kind of open me up and I I've been working so hard like why not give it a shot and uh having my Instagram following growing at that time really helped too but I got hired like that at at rehab and that was I remember the first few weeks of that job I was so happy and so excited I was like this is amazing I didn't even know this existed I'm so glad that I landed here and um and it honestly just changed my life yeah, it really and did. How was the audition process for you? Because I know people here in Las Vegas and a lot of people that follow us will completely already know what to expect and understand when we mm-hmm. describe like audition season and what that's like for the girls out here. But what was that like? Like, what was your personal experience from auditioning in the Las Vegas industry? Um, well, the first one was really exciting because I, I did get hired on the spot at rehab and I had no experience and I was brand new to all of it. So it was a really good feeling. So it just made me feel like all the hard work that I put into my physique was so worth it. Like it just put me at the perfect place, the perfect time. And I was ready for it. Like a lot of girls don't know what to expect and they don't know how to prepare. But I've been preparing for something I didn't even yeah. know about my my whole life. Um, that was really exciting. And and then the, the following year, I did get Wet Republic, my second year. And that that year, it felt like I won the lottery. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I was I already developed so much confidence just working at rehab and coming out of my shell and getting the attention that I feel like I never got as a child, like just socially. Yeah. Um, so really, I think that's what got me that job that year. And I think I, I told you that when we were talking about mm-hmm. it. I walked in there with so much confidence and for weeks as it was approaching, I was like, I'm going to get Wet Republic this year. I want it so bad. And I know so many other girls do too. Like they're, I know they've cut it down in the last few years, but it used to be thousands of girls, thousands. So that year I, I applied, there were people there from like 5 a.m. sitting outside of Hakkasan. And that's in even something like, like crazy to walk up to to see without it busting your confidence when you walk up somewhere. It's so intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> it's so intimidating. Like there's lines out the door snaking through the casino of people sitting on the floor with all their stuff in their sweats, like beautiful hair and makeup and everybody's gorgeous. And I don't know. I just had this weird confidence took over me. I was just like, I'm going to walk in there like I already have this job. And I was so happy, so confident, and I was like laughing with the panel and about something that was going on in the room. And and I walked out. And I'm like, I got that job. I got like it. You felt it. I got it. I knew I got it. And when they called me, I screamed. I screamed. I was so excited. It's it literally was like winning the lottery changed my life. Yeah. And you, I think you have to go into any audition <clears throat> or job interview even if it's not in this industry with that confidence, if you actually want to have something. And I know that I, you know, you get people saying like, you don't want to give yourself false hope, but at the same time, you have to already 
feel like you are deserving of that job. You have to feel, you have to understand that you need to start feeling like what it's going to feel like once you've received it yeah. for it to e- for you to even have a chance. Yeah. I, I walked in there like, I'm that girl. Yeah. You They're have gonna to hire be me. that way. This is, this is mine this year. And it, and it worked. It wasn't like a cockiness. It was just complete. I was just at peace and so confident. I didn't have that timid, nervous, like shakes that I think a lot of girls do. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really hard to avoid because you see that line a mile long of beautiful women they want the same job you do. So it's hard to not let it affect you and just, you know, stop deer in the headlights in front of this panel of executives. Like it's very intimidating. There's lights like this, but you're standing in a bikini in a room with a panel of people in suits. So it's, yeah. it's definitely a lot harder yeah. than it sounds, but somehow it just, it just took over me that time and, and yeah. it worked. And sometimes I think for people, it's practice and it's reps. Mm -hmm. And I explained to some people that I haven't had too many interviews out here in Vegas just the last like two years or so. But I've had, oh my gosh, maybe like nine years of dance auditions that are the same when it comes to NFL and NBA auditions. So competitive. only difference is that we're dancing. Um, You're in a bikini. You're in front of a panel. There's hundreds of girls in front of you. And in those ones, you get to watch most of them. So you're in the same room as it's happening. And I had people ask me, like, how are you confident enough to walk up in front of people and just dance? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's still easier to perform than it is to do a a pool audition where I have to speak for some reason. Do you think that's because you have a routine? Well, it's not speaking. Speaking is harder anyway. Yeah. You have a routine to focus on that you've practiced many times. It probably is. There's some other kind of like variable there, but you do have to walk in like you're happy to be there, that you're excited to be there. Mm -hmm. You have to stop telling yourself that I'm so nervous. This is so, uh, you know, exhausting or this is so political. You have to like take all of what you're thinking about the negative, you know, possibilities and you have to think positively and just understand that if this is your path, you're going to get it. And that's not being cocky. That's not being egotistical. That's just setting yourself up for success because no one ever got anything in this life that they didn't already anticipate that they were deserving of. So, you know, when preparation and your obviously dedication to your, your body and your job and actually mentally preparing yourself for an interview, I think those things definitely help too. But you have to set your mind up for success to be there. And that's not just for the interview, but for the actual job. I mean, not even just bottle service. That's exactly where I was going, yeah. Yeah, you have to prepare yourself for that too. They want to see how you're going to be with guests, how you're going to be with thousands of people around you that are coming here for an amazing experience. Like They don't want to come up to the table and you're like, Oh, you're shaking and nervous to meet them. Like that in the interview, they want to see that you can be relaxed. You can be yourself and, and excited and that you're, they're very comfortable in what you're doing. Right. And Under it, pressure. it really translates to every single day on that job. Yeah. Do you, I mean, when you're at Jewel and people, they open the doors for people to start coming in. Sometimes you still feel butterflies. Oh yeah. A little bit. Definitely. But you're confident and you're comfortable. And like, as soon as it starts going, you're ready. You're ready. Yeah. And you have to remind you, I still have to remind myself sometimes, like there's been times where this was my first bottle service job. I've bartended for years. This is my first time switching over. And I remember the first few times I was on the floor, I was like, oh my God, like, I was like, I had to remind myself, like, they gave you this job for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're doing. You know how to talk to people, but you have to give yourself those positive affirmations again that you know what the fuck you're doing yes. and you're deserving to be there. And if you can hype yourself up, there's no reason why you can't show that. Mm-hmm. But it's a constant practice 
yeah, time and time again. And just like we were saying when this started, I've done plenty of podcasts, <laughs> but too. every single time I'm like, like every time before I'm she turns still it sweating, off, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but you, it's it's just putting in the reps of something to make yourself more confident and more comfortable. And the more times you can do yourself that service of being like, you know, what? I might be a little nervous, but if I can fight the fear and do it scared, yeah. I can conquer anything. And for me, when I <laughs> when I had the interview for Jewel, it was like mid-season. And so I was still nervous, but I remember they were interviewing me and randomly they were sound checking for <laughs> somebody at the club. It was in the evening. All of a sudden it got really loud. There were so many things going on. They had drug dogs around, like searching the tables. My potential future managers are trying to talk to me. They can't I can't even understand that the music's the so loud. It's total chaos. It was so chaotic. And I remember sweating. I was like, I don't even know what to say. So I just scooted a little closer and listened. And I just kept answering questions as if nothing was happening. And they literally looked at me and they were like, that was impressive. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I felt like I was going to throw up. And they were like, that actually was really great because we saw how you would work under pressure. And I was like, holy shit, that worked in my favor. Do you think they did any of that on purpose? Like, I literally like was, was like, was that a or? test? I actually asked them. I'm like, what, are you testing me? That was so. That was just a natural. That was so unreal, like for that to happen. And I was so nervous, but um, it got me a second interview. And then I had to do the panel again, which I didn't think I would have to, mm -hmm. but I had to do it and it was even more nerve wracking because it was in an office. I had to walk in in my oh. freaking bathing suit in <laughs> like lights like this and you're just it's so, so harsh. In there it's too, so right? harsh. I left and I called my girlfriend crying. Aww. I was just so over it. Like I, I had just exhausted myself so much. I think that after weeks of auditioning for different places, yeah. you're just, you can get so burnt out. Worn down, yeah. Even with the confidence that I think I have, I finally like hit a breaking point and I was like, fuck this. I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't even, maybe I don't even want this job. And she's like, you need to chill. I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, and then it's gonna be okay. yeah, months later I got a phone call and I'm months like, you later. just, yeah. So it just, it just goes to show like, you really can't give up. Yeah. You can't give up. And even like when it came to dance auditions before it took me seven years to get to finals, oh my God. seven years of auditioning for the same team to have my number called, but it finally did. Yeah. And it felt so good because I was so close, just like this, I was so close to throwing in the towel, but it's, I feel like that's when you're tested the most to see how bad you really want it. You face this like undeniable pressure. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, yes, you, like you, you've been preparing your whole life for something you didn't even realize. Mm -hmm. And it was like- It just lined up It perfectly. just, things lined up because you were ready and it was perfect for you. But sometimes it's, it doesn't just line up. Sometimes it doesn't just happen. Like for myself, it didn't happen like that. I had to do years and years and years and years of auditioning, but it took me having that drive and that, that fire in my stomach that I'm like, I'm not going mm -hmm. to give up until I get somewhere. And right. I feel like that people need to understand that too. Like you can complain that people get lucky. You can complain that, you know, you yeah. can bitch about this girl had an in or she had this or she had right. this. Well, what if she just showed up and it was right time, right place, and she looked and acted and was ready to take that job? 100%. So you can't and, really put that down. And I think maybe what I said just a few minutes ago might seem like I was just lucky and I, I didn't have to work that hard. But if you really know me in my life and how just how shy and awkward and kind of the loner girl that I was for a very long time, like I was just kind of the nerdy, just focused on school, didn't have many friends. I was never like the prom queen that you might expect I would have been. Not at all. Not at all. And and when I got Wet Republic, I was getting out of a very long, very bad relationship. My life was a mess. 
my life was in shambles at the time. I was terrified. Yeah. Like things were a wreck. I was so depressed, but somehow I still had this little light inside of me that I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change it from all the, the misery and the frustration that I've been going through for years before that, you and know, in, in other see. aspects of my life. Um, but even through all, all of the frustrating parts of my life and the sad and, you know, lonely parts, I was still pushing forward physically. Like mm -hmm. that was my outlet. That's what made me feel better. Right. Was pushing myself and that kept me going. And so I really got that job at the exact perfect time when I needed it. Yeah. I needed it to change my life. I needed it for the money to help me crawl out of a deep hole I was in. I needed it for so many reasons. And so, yeah, it might seem like I got lucky to get that job. And, and I, I was to a degree, like I'm, I'm so grateful that I was ready physically because it, it totally flipped my life around. Right. And I think keeping that humility is what keeps you <clears throat> in the position to keep receiving too, because you didn't take it for granted. Like Not even, even now, like you can tell with the way you're talking about it, that you felt deserving of it and it was still a gift and you're mm -hmm. still thankful for it and you're grateful for it. You have to re-audition every single year. It's not every like year. you have to just coast in there and be like, okay, I just show up. But you have to yeah. come back every single year and not everyone gets their jobs back. Right. Um, for those of you don't who are not listening, like with the day clubs every January, all of these clubs re-audition and they recast and you aren't guaranteed it's your job back. just as stressful every year. And, yeah. And you see girls that don't get it and it's pretty devastating. Yeah. Um, especially when you see what it can do for your life, the positive changes. And like I said, it really did it change it. So for that to be taken away would hurt so bad. But that's why I, I stay grateful for it. And I work so hard throughout the entire season. I keep up my physique. I do everything I can to be the best employee and the best team member and um, give give all of my best, sorry, give all of my guests the best experience. Like I'm so grateful to be there. I'm not going to take it for granted. And every year I feel it's a little stressful because you never know what changes they might make. Um, That's out of your hands. But every year I go into auditions saying I did the best that I could this year. I push myself in sales. I'm a great employee. I keep up my appearance. Like I do every single thing that I can control because I know that decision is out of my control, but I did my part. Right, I did what I had to do. Well, and that's how you can keep your confidence within yourself too. When you know you're tackling all your goals that mm -hmm. are going to set you up for success, and you didn't shy away from that, just like how you said in the very beginning, <clears throat> leading up to it, you might have not had experience, but you were literally pushing yourself to be the best that you could be for yourself. So if an opportunity arises, you're already ready. Right. Yeah. How would you? What would you tell to girls? Um, like some good ways to keep up their confidence. Maybe not even necessarily in the bottle service industry, but just in general, because I think a lot of women are facing some hardships these days from society and the pressures that are put on them. And it's very obvious that our looks and physical appearance are a big part of our particular jobs. Yes. And that's something that we have to keep up with. That's just part of it. Um, but there also is a part where you have to keep up your confidence. You have to keep up showing up as your best self. And I think that women struggle with that. I do too. Um, I think there's so much that goes into it. Fit. I know for me, that, that outlet is fitness. That keeps me feeling good and healthy and confident. And I can look at myself in the mirror and know that I've, I've worked really hard so I can tackle whatever is coming throughout the day. But um, I know that that's maybe not as easy for some people, but I try to tell them to pick, find something that you're good at. Everybody's good at something. Or everybody 
has a little bit of passion about something like go in that direction and develop those skills. And when you develop those skills, you'll build more confidence that, oh, I can get better at this. Maybe this means I can get better at that or that or uh, all these other goals or ambitions that maybe I feel like I can't reach. Right. It's just like baby steps. Yeah. If you're good at drawing or, you know, podcasting or whatever, like just focus your energy in one direction, build that, those skills and that confidence. And it will make you feel like maybe I can try something else. And yeah. Yeah. I think focusing on little things too, um, because there's no real like big way just to be like, okay, I'm going to be a confident person today. It's not that that easy. easy. (laughs) That's why I'm like, I I don't know. I feel like I've been working on it my whole life. So I'm not even sure what to say. I'm just rambling, but, um, you yeah. might feel like you're rambling, but I feel like that's exactly what I would say too, because it just didn't get built overnight. No. It got built over time of doing little things years, for myself. You know? yeah. I was not a confident person mm. when I was a little kid. Even in college, I forced myself to take public speaking because I did not, I can't, I still can't believe I have a podcast and I sit in front of a <laughs> microphone. Like that's, if you had told me that back then, I would have laughed because that's like the most fearful thing is actually voicing my opinion on a microphone and putting it up for display for thousands of people to ridicule it what like that's not something that I thought I would be one good at or even wanting to do but um the message for me was clear and I wanted to share that and I didn't feel confident in the very beginning but after I practiced it and practiced it and practiced it I saw the evolution of how it got and sounded more confident and just by watching that it made me feel like I could do more Mm -hmm. and I think that's what you're going at like you're taking building blocks to make yourself feel better and better and better about yourself. And then at that point, you stand on your own two feet a little bit higher and stronger and with your head held up a little bit higher because you know you can do more things. And um, that kind of tied into another question I wanted to ask you about was the stigma of being a female model on social media and or in the nightlife industry. I feel like there are a lot of stigmas that come with that. And yeah, and not only that come with that, but that can kind of try and beat down your sense of self and your confidence and who you know you are as a person and who society wants to tell you who you are. So many assumptions (laughs) about who we are. Um, You know, I I know so many girls in this industry that I guess there's, there's a lot that do fit that expectation, but there are so many that don't. There's so many that are very successful in other areas of their life most of them are married, they have kids, they have families that it's, it's about so much more than just that party lifestyle. Like right. that's really just, you know, a, a fun outlet for us and financially fuels the rest of our life. But you don't have to be that crazy party girl. They're not all bitchy and stuck up. Like many of them are very, very sweet. They're very genuine. Um, I've met so many of my best friends in this industry. Honestly, all of my friends, because I came to Las Vegas with nobody. But I've developed such a great network here, and most of it's from the industry. Right. I think anything you go into can have a group of people who are like the bad the bad seeds. You know what I mean? You can go work in, in a restaurant, and there's an like going to be that like, that girl or that guy. Yeah, in an office, there could be. Everywhere. It's everywhere. It just, I think... It, the industry looks so charged because yeah. of what's surrounding us and the 
alcohol and the clubs and the money and everything like that. So, you know, anything can change somebody, but I think going into it with the right head space and knowing why you're there, it doesn't have to change you. And no. like you said, not everyone is like that. I was actually really surprised when I got involved in the industry to find that the stereotypes of what I heard was actually way less than what I, way than what I thought. Way less. Yeah. And, and I started making friends too. And I was like, wow, I did not expect this. Yeah. I did not expect this at all. And so it was actually kind of different. Yeah. I have girls that I'm still really good friends with. My best friends I met at rehab in 2016. Right. It might that be a competitive. And they're like, they're my sisters now. They're my best friends. Yeah. And I love them so much. Yeah. And you have to remember too that, you know, everyone, you know, you can look at it like there's hundreds of girls competing for the same spots when there's what, like 30 to 40 mm -hmm. spots at a venue. That's a, that's not a lot of spots to go around. And that competitive energy can make you think that all the girls are going to be catty because of that. Like, yes, it seems a little cutthroat, but everyone wants the same thing. We're all there being nervous together. Yeah. It's like anything else. Um, I reminded myself of that because I was thinking about going to back to dance auditions and I was mm. like, oh man, it's going to be a lot of this all over again. But at the same time, we're all here just experiencing the same thing. So if you can remember that, that can also help, I think, your confidence 100%. as well. So um, that being said, um, was there anything else you wanted to add maybe about your experiences that have helped you kind of become your most confident self and you know, kind of be able to sit in this industry and, you know, help other people along the way, because you've been nothing but helpful to me whenever I had questions for you about the industry. And I know you pass that on to anybody who would ask, is there anything that you can give listeners that maybe not even related to the bottle service industry, but pursuing their goals that has helped you that you haven't already shared? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I... I'm put on the spot. I, know. I don't even know what to say. Um, like if you could maybe say like, I'm not a good podcaster. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> As you just rattled off all this it's, great it's information. Crazy because I it's can, hard like, being put on the spot. When I'm in a uh, personal conversation with John always tells me like a podcast is a personal conversation. Like, that doesn't help talk. me. You told it me that too. It doesn't help. <laughs> For me, I'm like, Oh no. Um, I remember him telling me, he was like, it's like you're having coffee with a girlfriend. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not no, it's definitely, it's definitely I, not like that. Because I can't that. disconnect. But the crazy thing is I can be, you know, doing bottle service with 4,000 people around me. Or I can be on stage doing a Halloween costume contest or doing a photo it's shoot different. with Sean on the strip. And I have like nothing on. I know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm crazy. Like I can do these really wild things that you would think I have to be the most confident person in the world. But like I'm sitting here talking and this is what makes me nervous. It doesn't make any sense. But I think that's, it that in itself, though, <laughs> is cool to point out. And maybe that's like something to be said, because just because you are confident in one area of your life and so exuberant and extroverted doesn't mean that you are like that everywhere. And that's OK. So yeah. if you feel like there is a weak spot coming up for you, that doesn't make you a weak person in any aspect. It just right. makes you human. So, right. so don't get down on yourself if you feel like there's a spot that you're like, ah. because there's times I get on podcasts with people like when I did that podcast debate yeah. with a man that's completely opposite of me. Oh. I felt like I was a little hermit crab that went up into my shell oh. and I'm like, crap, this is not working in my favor yeah. because all of a sudden I couldn't speak on 
a certain topic that made me feel nervous. I'm like, you know what? It's fine because I was just in here yesterday and he wasn't here, but someone asked me the same topics and I was like a firecracker. Right? Yeah. And that's I was like, how well, where it, was this? It is. Where was this person? I know. So it just goes to show that you're human. Yeah. Congratulations. Like a normal personal <laughs> conversation. I could go for hours probably, but yeah. here I'm like, um, I don't know. What did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that just, that just goes to show. And you also can't judge a book by its cover Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Like, um, you know, girls can look very intimidating. Um, and it's completely different. I mean, I remember when I met you, I was like, oh my God, she's pretty. She's this, she's this. And I'm like, maybe she's not going to be nice. And you're like one of the sweetest people ever. And I'm sure it's been said about me too. Like it just, girls have plenty of girls have told me that like Vanessa, I thought you were going to be such a bitch. Yeah. I'm You're sorry. like, oh. <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad that they, you know, that I've changed their mind. And that's, that's the best part. I think you know, is... that's always a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Like, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad your opinion has changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's a good note to wrap this up on. You can't judge anybody by its cover. <laughs> and sometimes those girls that you think might be stuck up or, you know, full of themselves or maybe just quiet, you have no idea what they've gone through. You have no idea their story or their history. And maybe that person that you are intimidated by can actually be the person that is going to help you in the long run. Um, so keep an open mind. Keep it, you know, like everyone's an open book for the most part and just don't judge a book by its cover. And if you ever are intimidated by somebody, maybe the next step to do is actually reach out to them and ask them for guidance. There's been a few people who Mm -hmm. I've reached out to online who I actually was intimidated by for their success or, you know, whatever they were doing. And I asked for advice and I was actually pleasantly surprised about the feedback I got or the friendships that I made from those things. So just keep an open perspective. And if you ever have any questions about the industry, Vanessa and I are always here and open. Happy to answer it in a a personal conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll make sure to drop Vanessa's information here and make sure to follow us both on Instagram. And if there's any Mm -hmm. other topics that you want us to cover, maybe it would spark more conversation because we're both (laughs) apparently shy individuals that... (laughs) We're still working on it. We're still it working from on our it. childhood. Yes. <laughs> and hopefully that inspires you too that, you know, everybody is a work in progress exactly. and it's forever going to be a work in progress and that's okay. But take the steps to make yourself even more confident and it'll get easier and easier. So we will see you next time on that note. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs>